Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. I know it's been a bit, everybody, and I apologize. Um, Allergy season, I don't know if it's a cold. Both Jason and our youngest daughter have been hacking. He will try to edit those out (laughs) from this podcast. I also am going to try not to cough. I don't know if my voice is much lower than usual. I got the smelly cat sound to it, but... Um, <laughs> it, do, it does a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. That's just where we're at right now. Um, but we didn't want to wait another week, miss another week, get too far behind our top 100 games of all time. Um, because they're great games to talk about. And we definitely want to meet the end before the end of the year. So... Um, for sake of time, we are actually skipping news because I had news prepared and there was hacking involved. And now that news is gone, I mean, charcuterie's out there. There's some other stuff out there. Check her out. Okay, on to games played. <laughs> All right, so we did actually play a lot of games. I don't know if we've had a podcast since we did our. Um Gaming Day in South Bend, and we also had another gaming thing that we'll talk about more on a future podcast, but yeah, one of the games I wanted to talk about is, well, the first game we're going to talk about, the real game, is My Father's Work. Now, this is a game that, when it was announced, it looked super cool. Uh, I love Abomination, and this seemed like it had a similar vibe to it, but also in, had an app and some story. So, we were in... Um, indianapolis and we were playing some games they had this game we figured we would try it so me and katie played this game and this is um a worker placement game where you have these different workers you're going out to town and you're trying to fulfill these different missions um certain things actions you take will fire off story in the app Um, sometimes story will punish you sometimes story is good for you some you can uh make certain actions where it changes the map around the, and the map is really cool. It's like a book that you can flip through and different rounds and all that kind of thing. Um, it was really long, maybe three and a half hours or so. I don't know. It felt long. It might not have been I that long, but it was really long. I, yeah. I don't think it was quite as long as I anticipated it actually being really. Yeah. And again, a lot of it was the teach. So I'm not sure actually how long it really was, but it was longer than I felt like it should have been. Uh, the worker placement part was cool. I enjoyed putting it on the board, collecting the stuff, trying to fulfill the different like um, experiments that you're doing and all that stuff. I forget what the name of them are. It doesn't matter. But they're cards that you're trying to complete by turning in stuff. And you know, a- as you complete more, you can start working on higher level ones. Um, but the story is what makes this game, and I will say that right now. The story does make the game. Uh, and I, for my opinion, opinion i don't care about story in games that much so it was just like an extra probably an hour that you can't really speed through it because you got to read it it does change the story around but i didn't i don't know i didn't i didn't need the story but i'm glad i played the game it was fun um i would play it again maybe but probably only at two because that might speed it up a little Mm bit um and it's also like a bajillion dollars so (laughs) there is that so how'd you feel about my father's work um it's no surprise that I liked it better than Jason because I really like story. Um, I I don't think everything needs to be story driven necessarily, but this is one of those that I feel like if you don't have the story, you really do lose a large component of what's going on. Um, The story even can affect your worker placement actions. Um, It affects what worker placement uh, spots are even available Like, Jason made a choice, like, okay, yeah, I want to build a library. No, I want to build a hospital. Right, yeah, hospital. Not a bank. Well, then we didn't have access to money. But then I also didn't realize that I needed to get hearts because I was doing other stuff. And so we weren't able to build a hospital. Yeah, so we didn't have a hospital or a bank. (laughs) So we had neither. Um, We did have a lot of dead bodies to use in our experiments. uh, But not a lot of other things besides that. So I I really think this story is integrated. I can see why someone that doesn't enjoy that wouldn't like it. Um, However, like since Consulting Detective and things of that nature, 
I do really enjoy. Um, I would certainly play this. It would be fun. I think it would be fun at any kind of player count, but yes, it would move quicker at a lower one. Um, I think then you miss out some of the interaction of the worker placement spaces at that point. Um, but it definitely is for a particular type of group. Uh, someone that can handle longer games um, with the story entwined. I think the reason Jason likes Abomination, yes, there is some story, but it's fairly arbitrary. It's mostly a, a means to an end, whereas this really is within the fabric of the game. And I really enjoyed it. I would love to play it again. I would love to have this, but I know it's not going to get played if we do. And since it's way out of our normal budgetary constraints. Um, if someone else wants to bring it around and play it with me, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I didn't hate it. Um, I just, and I do also, I do think that if you take the story away from this, there's not like the worker placement is pretty simple <laughs> and basic. Um, the story really does make the game what you want to play. Like, cause you know, every action has, you know, consequences right. basically. Otherwise it's, Oh, it's another one of those. Hey, I like Lord of Waterdeep kind of is what I think of when I'm playing this, just the game part, mm -hmm. you're going to spaces, collecting stuff and then fulfilling contracts. But the story is really what makes it come alive. And I get that. I understand that it's probably just not something I want to keep coming back to over and over and over. Yeah. But it made me think that a game that has a little less story, um, would be something that Jason could handle, but has some story. Like I, and some other members of the road did have repeatedly said that forgotten waters. is a really good game. And given how much Jason liked tales of Arabian nights, but didn't quite like uh, my father's work. I can see that being something that I think would go over fairly well if we ever try that in the future. So I, I think that laid the groundwork for that at least. So there's, there's a positive. Yeah. So, while we're on app-driven games, mm. let's talk about another one that we just played. And Katie played this a while ago. I did. I think, yeah, I don't remember when you played it, actually. Uh, I played it at Last Origins, Origins right? yeah. Uh, and that is Return to Dark Tower. So I we had a friend in our gaming weekend that we just had, our gaming day that we just had. Uh, we had a friend, Fan Zero. He brought up his Return to Dark Tower, and we played it. Played a four-player game of it. And... I was actually surprised by this. This is a, a pretty fun game. Now, the difference with the app on this one and the app in my father's work is the app on this one is kind of just a tool. I don't feel like it's telling a story. It's helping me. It's it's another way for me to play a game. So, like, there's cards that I'm fighting or, you know, it, like, randomizes the monster. It does tell a story. You just didn't listen to it. Yeah, but it, it didn't feel as, as much yes. as my father's work. It wasn't. It wasn't making me feel like I was spending less time playing the game and more time listening to the story. Mm -hmm. But Return of Dark Tower, if you don't know what it is, it's a re-implementation of an old 80s game, like a monster dungeon crawler battler game where everybody's a character and you're trying to just cooperate to fulfill these different missions and quests before you die. You're probably going to die. <laughs> um, but it's really fun The the... The tower is really cool. It shoots out skulls. It spins. It randomizes. It makes noise. It talks to the app. It's super cool. Just for that alone, I think it was worth playing and watching the tower do its thing. But there is some cool game in there. There's some decisions to make. You can take some fun actions. Um, how you're going to work together to complete the missions is really neat, too. Uh, but, this, yeah, I actually like this way more than my father's work. Um, and this was one that I would be more willing to play over and over and over because I think that the game to me is more interesting and you know, that that's what I like. I don't mind the app stuff. I just don't want to be bogged down in all app and no game. So that's why I like this. So how'd you feel about return to dark tower on play number two? Um, I knew you would like it, which is why I've been like pushing for you to try it. And it's like, I don't even know who you are anymore. Mr. Ameritrash. <laughs> Again, Sheesh. it's expensive, which is why I haven't tried it. It is expensive, um, which is why I'm like, dude, if you talk about my father's work being expensive, Return Dark Tower is even more so, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's like $50 more. Um, but yes, I really enjoyed it. I um I I, I don't 
I want to say I don't love dungeon crawlers, but I feel like there's, there's, it's easier to find a purpose in this game. It's like, okay, I'm in this section. Oh, there's a crat in the skulls. Well, my player power helps me do that. So let's just, you know, cleanse some stuff. Cool. That's my dealio. Like I can do that. And that can help, you know, contain things while other people are, you know, fighting the big baddies or whatever needs to be done. Um, and I think there's like an ease that comes with playing this more that I think on more plays, I felt more confident and comfortable with what I was doing than even I did the first time. Um, and I, I think this is one that a lot of people we game with. There is a novelty element to it, but I think they would like it, the cooperative nature of it. Um, but yet the fact that we're all basically limited to the same sort of things keeps it from a ton of quarterbacking, um, keeps it a game that you can, you know, get more people interested in, I think. And I think it would have a decent amount of replayability in our group should we ever spring for this. So I, I enjoyed it again. Um, Jason will repeatedly tell you that I killed us. And that is sort of true. <laughs> to, I actually to wasn't going to bring fair, it up this time. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go fight. Because they're like, well, we need to fight this this empress of darkness or whatever she was. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. And it's like, you have nothing to help you because she is not in your specialty area. Good job. Go in and die. And I did. And I had and I had a ton of corruption because she kept killing buildings in my area. And then I gave in my kingdom. And then I gave more yeah. corruption because he was in the same yeah. area as me when I was trying to fight and her. And it was just yeah, that was the end. That was that was it. But it was still fun. And honestly, yeah, you're probably gonna die, which to be fair keeps it from overstaying its welcome in some ways. That's true. I, I do agree. I think if we played the two more months, it would have gone too long. I agree with that. Yeah, but I had a good time. We um, not only played Fan Zero, but with uh, another one of our fans, or I don't want to say fans. I don't like that. I don't like the word fans, like friends. Listener, fans. friend. Yeah, that's what I said, a friend. I called Mike a friend. No, Richard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's totally a friend. Yeah. I know, which is the other great thing, I think, about the Riveted. It's like we're friends. So we played with lots of friends and that was I really like that experience too like to play with more people that I don't get to play with and share like kind of a really cool experience or something like that was really fun so good stuff good stuff yeah my only complaint was like I said at the um after we we're done playing is the some of the little monsters not the big bads just feel arbitrary and they can be ignored and I don't know they didn't feel like they were important or necessary but aside from that I thought it was a good game well, it also depends on how long it takes you to complete the one objective to get to. Yeah, I guess And they that's just true. keep that's getting true. stronger and spawning and moving towards your area. Like Richard at one point was surrounded by these dire wolves or whatever. And I was like, dude. Yeah, that's true. That's not good. It was getting dire, but it's... <laughs> oh, please stop. You took, you took a good thing and you ruined it. That's what I do. All right, so enough about these games. Let's move on to what we all care about, and that's... Top 100 games of all time. Okay, in the top 100 games of all time, this episode we are at numbers 85 through 71. I mean, we're quickly approaching like the upper 50, which that's some some high quality games there. Faux show. And my number 85, no exception. Um, I don't want to say this game was on a hype train, but I kind of thought it was. I'm like, how can it be that good? Um, and then I played it and I was like, it can be that good. And that game is Scout. Scout, deceptively simple little card game. We, of course, have the old and busted version. Um, the new version has arbitrary theming of like a circus or something. Yeah, you're scouting talent for a circus. Yeah, I don't know. Ridiculous. But I actually like the colors scheme better on the new one. I don't like the color scheme in the old one. Um, but this is like a I it's a ladder game? What do you call that? Is that what you call that? Shedding, maybe? Sure, shedding, whatever. Um, you pick up your cars. They stay the way that they are. Um, you can choose once, up or down. And then you start trying to get rid of them. And in order to get rid of your cards, you have to play more than the person before you. Uh, sets and run, um, yeah, sets and runs. Um, again, Midwest Kid, all the people we play with love this because they get that kind of a game. Um, 
it's just so compelling. It's ridiculous how good this game is for just a little card game. And you're just like, play it once. You're like, yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. I think we actually played this with my grandmother, who notorious is like, I'm too dumb for games, even though she's like one of the smartest women I've ever met in my life. Um, and I think she did catch on to this finally and was whooping me. And I was real mad. Um, but it is definitely a game worth picking up, I think, for the holidays because it's so easy for people to pick up. Card games are such a great place to start. And it's just, it's fun. It's so fun. Um, no matter if you're an uh, experienced gamer or just a noob. So my number 85 is Scout. And you were supposed to start. Dang it. Yeah, it's okay. I just figured you were going to go first on each of them this time. That's fine. But either way, my number 85 is also Scout. Everything Katie said, it's fantastic. Um, really fun card game. We played it a ton. Everybody likes it. If you don't, you're wrong. Um, I'm not going to belabor the point. So my number 85, same as Katie's number 85, Scout. That is like our first crossover and like the same one, no doubt. That's crazy. Uh, that is crazy. My number 84 is another card game. This is like... I think last week it was the era of like party games. This list is card games. So my number 84 is a card game that I can't get enough of. Apparently there's like a little mini expansion. Gotta hunt that down. That is Seesaw and Paper. Oh my gosh. Again, card games work so well for me because I grew up playing cards. For people that I try to get into games because we love euchre in the freaking Midwest. Um, and Seesaw on Paper is not uh, a trick-taking game. So it's got this really great, like, I don't want to say it's not old made, but it's got classic card game vibes, like kid card game vibes. But it's gorgeous. And it's fun. You've got these different um, types of cards that interact with each other. Your shark and your swimmer, your fish, um, your crabs, your boats, boats, boats. Uh, everyone we play this with has, has just loved it. Multiple people are like, what is that game? I have to buy it. Um, I just actually was at a funeral recently and I ran to someone who's like, what's the name of that origami game that we played? Because I want to buy it. And I was like, here, let me send you the link. It is on Amazon. Um, so if you don't have sea salt and paper, you need to get it. Um, the turns are simple. I either uh, draw two cards and keep one and discard one, or I take one card from a stack. If I have any of the like special pairs, they get played down. I do a special action. Otherwise, I hold things in my hand until it looks like I can score. Seven, six points. Seven. Seven points. That's it. But man, the choices, like the agonizing decisions. Do I keep this? Is that going to come up later? Am I going to get some more octopus? Am I going to try for the mermaids? Oh, so, so good. And I've seen a mermaid win. I've seen a. I know. I was so bummed I missed that. I have seen a four mermaid win. Blew my mind. So it it's just. It's so good. Again, a simple game with great choices, great fun, um, great way to get people who aren't the hobby to play for your holidays. I would get sea salt and paper. My number 84. Yeah, that is a good one. All right. So moving on from a card game to a really big beefy um, beefcake. <laughs> and uh, Well, I, oh, sorry. No, you went first, not me. Just kidding. Um, spoiler, my number 83 is a beefcake. My number 84 is a dice drafting game and deck building game of sorts from Wolfgang Warsh, the designer of Quacks of Quedlinburg, and it is called Taverns of Tiefenthal. And this is, I mean, what I said, you're drafting dice and you're using those dice to basically build up this tavern that's in front of you. And you're trying to upgrade because so you can produce more beer, you get better customers. You're trying to acquire different customers to come in or get different workers that will come in to help you get more dice, different color dice. Um, you may be able to get coins. You may be able to uh, get these different kinds of scotches, which are like special things to help you move around this track. Rolling dice, schnapps. collecting things. What? It's schnapps. Oh, schnapps. Yeah. 
what did I say? Scotch. Yep. Yeah, it's schnapps. Um, but yeah, it's super fun. It's not a super deep game, but there is a lot going on because that player board, there's like five modules. You can turn them all on or off, whatever you want to do. And the more modules you have in, the more complex it gets. Still not like crazy, but lots of stuff you can do just for the, from a single die that you're drafting and then placing on your board when it's time. It's super fun, and I like it. We don't play it a ton. I don't know why. I mean, we have a bajillion games. That's probably why. But I do like it. So number 84, Taverns of Tivento. Yeah, I think I had that one on the 100 outside the 100. My number 83 is a game that we don't own, and I've really been looking to get it. And it's a train game. And I was like, eh, train games. But this one really surprised me. That's Maglev Metro. So it's a train, but they're like, I don't know, not magnet trains. What do you call those? Yeah, it's, mag- it's- magnetic levitation train. Yeah. yeah. That's what the... And it's cool. Like the way they link together, it's like a it's a pick up and deliver, but you have to, you know, accomplish certain things in order to be able to pick up and deliver the types of passengers. Like it's just a really neat train game. And um they made some new maps, I do believe. Yeah. Yeah, two or three new maps, yeah. Um which to me, it's like, man, that makes this replayability good, even though I think there's a lot already there, just because routes get laid differently as you you go to play stuff. Um, I, it's just one of those, again, I mentioned before, like, if I can't get a game off, off my mind after I played it once, I know it's a good game, and I would really love to try this one again. And it's really, it looks fun on the board, to be honest. Like, I think it looks... It just looks cool. Um, so that it, I, I'm surprised at how much this train game has grown on me. And I hope one day I get a copy. So 83 Maglev Metro. Yeah. The clear tiles that you're using to build the track are really cool too. All right. So my number 83 is the beefy game that I was talking about and it's super heavy and brain burny. And I've played it by myself a couple times and with Katie once and I still Every time I bring it out, it's like I've never played it before in my life. But <laughs> I, I like it each time that I played it. And that is Trismegistus, the ultimate formula. And this is from the Italians. Um, I'm not sure which ones, but I like to call the, our favorite Italian designers the Italians. And what you're doing in this game is you are, again, drafting dice. But in this one, the dice are three different colors. There's white, black, and red. And they all have icons on them. And based on what the die you take is going to determine what action that you can do. So um, a a certain color die will let you move up on one of the color tracks. A certain symbol will let you take certain symbols to put them onto your player board or get these different types of essences. The whole goal of this game is, is to convert different types of metals into gold. And, well, not necessarily gold, but other things that you're trying to need to complete these different experiments that you're doing. When you complete an experiment, they go in the top of your board. It unlocks these cool tokens that you can put down in the center of your board, fire off a bunch of bonuses. It's, it's pretty... It all works together, but there's so much stuff going on. There's no player aid. It's just hard to learn and hard to remember. But I know I like it. I have fun with it every time. And I want to play it again, but I don't want to learn it and don't want to teach it. So <laughs> there's the rub. My number 83, Trismegistus, the ultimate formula. Yeah, I forget about this game a lot. I know we had fun playing it. It does in some ways seem unnecessarily complex, but it was a good time. Uh, my number 82 is a good old-fashioned deduction game because I just love them so much. And this one is old. But it got a reprint or it's still... It, it was on Kickstarter, yeah, already, I think. Yeah, the reprint is in the works, I think. I don't know if it's delivered, but yeah, the Kickstarter happened. Yes, and that is Mystery of the Abbey. Um. I love Mr. The Abbey. It's like, guess who? And Clue had a baby. You've got monks that have hoods up, hoods down. They're in different orders. Some have beards, some don't have beards. And you yourself are a monk moving around um, the monastery, trying to ask questions, pick up clues. You're going to mass, all to figure out who was the brother that committed the murder. It's good. It's real good. Old and crusty. Our version was like super like valuable and I was really concerned about it for a long time. But now they made a new one, so I feel better about it. Um yeah, it's it's just it's just good. If you like clue, this gives you like a little bit of a different feel for it, like take on it. I 
it's it's quality. Mr. The Abbey, my number 82. Yeah, clue killer for sure. It's it's really good. How about that? Uh, my number 82 is an Alexander Fister game, a little push-your-luck card game, and it is called Port Royal. Uh, in this game, what you're doing is there's a big stack of cards, and on your turn, you're going to flip some cards. Now, you can flip as many cards as you want unless you flip two ships of the same color and you don't have characters in front of you to be able to fight the second ship off because they have a strength. And then if you don't bust, then with the money that you have in front of you, which is cards you previously have, um, I don't know, you can sell car stuff and get, or get some boats and get some money. But you, Then you can use money to acquire cards that have points on them, certain icons, and you're trying to basically be the first player to get 13 points to trigger the end of the game, and then after that round, whoever has the most points is the winner. Um, the cool thing about this is uh, if you buy a card and you success, are successful on your turn, everyone else can then, if they have money, buy cards from the pool that you have flipped. So even when it's not your turn, you may be able to buy some cards. But if you play it right, you flip enough cards where, or you flip a bunch of cards when people don't have money, and you're the only one that can buy. Uh, it's, re- it's really cool. It's really fun. It's pretty simple. The, we had the big box that has a bunch of expansions in it. Never even played them. Don't really feel like I need to because the base game is fine. But my number 82, Port Royal. Yeah, this might be in my 100 outside the 100. It is it is really good. Uh, my number 81 is another card game. I mean, it's a little more than that, but simultaneously simultaneous action selection and old Hollywood monsters. That's campy creatures. Um, this is from uh, Keymaster. Look at me. Good job. Pretty sure that's them. Okay. Uh, Keymaster. Yeah, right. So because of that, it has great components. Everyone has the same set of cards that are different classic Hollywood monsters. Kaiju, um, the blob, uh, vampire, etc. And each of them, each of those monsters has a specific um, power. And the powers are really going to help you determine turn order for who is going to capture these humans. Uh, the humans. Um, so you're trying to collect humans. There are some bad ones that come with torches and pitchforks, but there are some good ones that'll give you points. Collect a bunch of those crazy teenagers, all those kind of fun things. Uh, it's a cool theme. Simultaneous action selection makes it go quickly. Uh, I, it's just such a good game. Uh, so my number 81, Campy Creatures. Yeah, the artwork really makes it too. The artwork is great. Uh, my number 81 is a Reiner Knizia classic that just got a reprint, all auctions, all bidding, all set collection, and it is called Ra. And in this game, what you're doing is you are basically bidding for these different tiles to score points. Um, but the tiles are going to score in different ways. Some of them will score at the end of the game. Some of them will score each round, and then they go away. So you may you know, try to score a bunch of points each round, or you may play the long game and see how many points you can get at the end of the round. The interesting thing is when you bid, you're going to have these tokens in front of you that range from like, I don't know, one to however many players are, like maybe 13 or something. When you bid, you're going to put your winning tile out in the middle of the, t- of the board, and you're going to take the tile that's there. So usually you're trading a good tile for a not-so-good tile, but you're winning you know, tiles that you're going to score with. So there's a whole lot of, you know, I, I don't, I really want these tiles, but I have a 13 and there's a one on the board. Do I really want the one? Uh, do I let this auction go? And then I'll try to get a higher than a one if I'm going to spend my 13. A lot of decisions that you're doing here. Um, it's super fun. It has nice components and we, we just had the regular one uh, and it's, it looks great. It's really fun. I'm bummed that I never got to play the old one, but we have this one. That's cool. My number 81. Raw. Yeah. I did not know that this was a reprint. Yeah, it came out in like the early 2000s. Because then I was surprised that we have a new one and not the old and busted. The old and busted was criminally out of print and super expensive. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, My number 80 is a game that I don't hear anybody else talk about. Like ever. And I feel, I think maybe we found this. Some rando sale, Black Friday sale. I don't know. 50% 50% off Could be. game table. I don't know where I got this yeah. from. But I really wanted it for theme alone. And it's it's such a good game anyway. And that is Covert. So Covert is, is a spy-themed game. You're a spy and you're doing spy things. What kind of things, you ask? Um, you know, 
figuring out like the lock code to a briefcase, um, maybe getting yourself a shoe phone, um, moving some information back and forth uh, around the map, you know, those kind of spy things. Um, you're using uh, this dice placement. Well, yeah, I would say dice placement. Yeah, dice your placement, dice yeah. are your workers that determine where you can go and what actions you can take. Um, gosh, uh, we haven't played a version. It there's lots of it's almost like several different mini games on one board in a way, but not in like that hokey way where some people are like let's play all these mini games like some games do. It's not like that. It's not like the Mario Party of board games. But it's just lots of different uh, types of things that are all kind of related. Um, and you're kind of, it's so they're not difficult to do, but getting the things you need, um, making those dice work for you at the time, you know, if someone else maybe blocks you out or something, that's really key in this game. And I always feel like Maxwell Smart and Agent 99 when I play it, uh, it's, it's so good. So my number 80 is Covert. Yeah, it's it's a really good game. I'm not sure what it is on my list, but hopefully it's at least on there somewhere. Who knows with you? Yeah, who knows? Uh, my number 80 probably would be higher if we played it more, but we've only played it, I don't know, once or twice, and that is Venice. And I think you talked about this on a video. I, I think sure. I did, yeah. Uh, but Venice is uh, the second game in the series from Brain Crack. We actually have Florence, which we haven't played. We'll get to it, hopefully. But in Venice, what you're doing is you are um, gondolier yeah. drivers. Gondoliers. The gondola okay. is the actual. Okay, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you're gondoliers, and you're driving around these gondolas, and you're trying to basically collect different resources to fulfill contracts. So it's a pick-up-and-deliver game. The interesting thing is when you go past the building, you can dump one of your workers off at that building. And as you go past the building, the workers are going to age and make the action of going past that building better. So every time you go past the building that has a worker, you collect the stuff from that building. The tricky thing is if you pass another player's gondola, you're going to get some intrigue. And this is one of those games where whoever has the most intrigue at the end of the game loses. No matter how many points you have, you were terrible and you lost. And I love that. Um, it's got some sweet components. It's really fun. The board's a little small, but that's not a big deal. It's a, if you like pick up and deliver and you like uh, a little bit heavier pick up and delivers, check this one out. So my number 80, Venice. And if you like cool components, because it's awesome to make those little boats go around with stuff on them. Yeah, it's really cool. My number 79 is another game I've only played maybe twice, but it's one of those that I just can't get out of my head. It's really cool. And that is Jinja. So you are in... Japan, shocking that I like this game since it's Asian themed. You know, I love a good Japanese game, people. Uh, so you are going around um, and building shrines, I would say. Uh, yeah, they're like shrines. There's some buildings. Temples. Like build, no, yeah. the word Jinja actually in Japanese is, means one of those specifically. And for some reason... I can't remember. They're all rep they're all represented by pagodas though when you build them on the board. Oh, they're um Shinto shrines. Yeah, so uh there are these different places and it's got some area control, but also you want to build up to certain levels. Um it's really tight economy. It's really difficult. And I feel like that's what intrigues me. It feels like the board is not big enough. It feels like you can never do everything you want. And that kind of game just like is a fungus for my brain. And so I would want to come back to this game. Not only because I love a good, pretty Japanese themed game. This one has cool components too. The stuff looks awesome. But it's got this puzzly element that I just want to figure out again and again. Um, that's why it's so high in this list. My number 79 is Jinja. Yeah, this is a fun one. If you've never heard of it, check it out. It, it's good. Uh, my number 79 has actually had a reprint, uh, like some deluxe master set. Who knows? We'll never have that. <laughs> right. But we have the original version, and this is Yido. And this is effectively, for lack of a better term, Lords of Waterdeep, set in Japan, with this little guy that walks around and slaps you around if you go to his area. Now, that's an oversimplification, but really yes. what you're doing is 
you're there's a, an auction phase at the beginning where you're trying to acquire these different tiles. Like you may get a geisha, you may buy a different room for your dojo or I forget what it's called. <laughs> and what you're trying to do is you're trying to complete these different missions. And you may have to have a geisha. You may have to have your pawn in this certain location or this certain worker placement space. You may have to be in the area where the, um, I, don't, I forget what the, the guy is, but the little guy who slaps you around. You might have to be in his area. You might, And you're trying to basically make all that stuff line up so you can complete these missions and score points. And once uh, you play through a certain number of rounds, whoever has completed the most missions has the most points as the winner. It's a worker placement game. It, it has similar vibes to Lords of Waterdeep, but the way all the pieces work together to complete the missions is really fun. And I like it. So my number 79, Edo. Yeah, I didn't play that for a long time. And once I did, like, that game's seriously good. It's another game that I can't get off my brain. Uh, my number 78 is an old faithful. When I think about games that pack the most bang for their buck, this one is always freaking at the top of my list. Um, I played a game that was not good, that has the same mechanic as this game, and I was a little gun shy uh, <laughs> after Rattlebones. Let me tell you, Dice Forge does not disappoint. Um, this is a game where you've got dice that you can pop the faces off. Um, this game is so good because everyone is rolling their dice on everyone's turn and you're getting something. The only difference is when it is your turn, you actually do something with the things you've gotten, which is great because it's engaging people. Um, players, like especially new people, are always, you know, looking paying attention, seeing what's going on, like, ooh, what'd you get? Ooh, that came up for you? Oh, how can I get that side? Oh, on your roll? Oh, I got money or whatever. Now I can't, how am I going to spend this? Super, super good. Um, just rolling dice, collecting stuff to get points. End of. Like, that's it. Um, but it is it is really fun. Um, actually, really inexpensive for how good of a game it is so that is my number 78 dice forge it almost feels like it should be a buffalo game yeah it's like wow this is great great <laughs> components um great production and it's cheap weird yeah it is weird all right so my number 78 is actually a game that i don't even know how many people know what this game is but i don't know every time i, I see it on the shelf i want to play it and i've actually played it a decent amount mm -hmm. we played a lot um and it's it's a fantastic game we have all the expansions and it's called dark tales and this is this is basically it's just a draw a card play a card style of game that's what this is but the, it's set in like uh different fairy tales with really cool art uh, it has generic fairy tale if you just had the base game but you can have cinderella snow white robin hood no. or little mermaid red or, riding no hood. um red riding hood and little mermaid those are the four expansions they just add some extra cards but basically what this is is a game about building tableaus. And there's going to be different kinds of tableaus. There's going to be a center tableau that you – sometimes when you play a card, you play it to the center. may score you points. There's a tableau in front of your own – you know, you that may score points based on what you have in front of you, what other players have in front of them, what's in the middle. And you're just trying to play cards as efficiently as you can to score the most points. Everything gives you points. Every card you play gives you points. It's like a felled card game is what this feels like. And it's it's super fun. All the expansions like tweak some rules, add some really new like wrinkles, and some of them are are a little a little more different than others, but they're still super easy to integrate. It's a fantastic game. It's super fun, and it's since it feels so familiar to a regular card game, most people can pick this up and play it pretty easily. So, my number seventy eight, Dark Tales. Yeah, this is good. I don't know where it is on my list. I'm sure it's on there somewhere. Uh, you talked about like a a big a big beefy game. My number seventy seven. It's it's one of the beefiest out there from our dear dear friend Uncle Vital. <laughs> We're not really friends. I just wish the game is Lisboa. The first time I played this, I thought I am the biggest simpleton that's ever walked the face of the earth. I have no thoughts in my head. I finally realized that I've met my match. Um, it was a terrible experience. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't get what the heck is going on with this game. Why, why, why did you make me play this? 
Also, meanwhile, the designer is watching me live play it. And I'm like, oh, God, this is awful. <laughs> um, since then, I have played it several times. Do I know what I'm doing? Not completely. Still, I at least have a direction on where to go in this game. Um, oh, my gosh. In Lisboa, you are rebuilding Lisboa. But you're doing this by, like, getting stuff and selling it on boats, but also by putting buildings out, but having these buildings by other buildings, by other things, and talking to these, like, sometimes the queen, I think it's the expansion, and, like, these magistrate dudes and stuff. I don't know. Um, there's, like, a whole player guide that's, like, a basic pamphlet because you need that. Um but I come back to, I guess this is either card games or games that are tricky. Um, this game uh, just keeps me thinking. I keep thinking, oh, yeah, maybe I need to do this more. Or I should have tried that instead. And again, like all VTOL games, I'm like, okay, I want to get this building here. How to do that? Okay, well, you need some influence here. Okay, well, how do I get that? We need to have money. Okay, well, how do I get money? Okay, we need to sell stuff on boats. Okay, well, how do I? I don't even have a boat. Okay, where do I get a boat? Like, that's just how these games work. Um, so I go in never really expecting to win, just expecting to try to gain more understanding of the game every time I play it. Um, it's cool. It's good. I think that is that Eric Vincent trait on this. Um, uh, you know, tool. you know, tool. I was like, no, it's the other guy. You know, tool artwork looks really cool. Everything looks like, um, old dudes with wigs on money. I just, it's really, it's, it's a really good, if you want a challenging game that'll just eat at your brain. Number 77, Lisboa, that's where it's at. Yeah, and uh, Vital sort of said it best. All you're doing on your turn is playing a card. <laughs> right. Um, but then from that card where you play it, it fires off a bajillion other things. But yeah, uh -huh. it's, it's a great game. Hilarious, Uncle Vito. Hilarious. So what number was that? 77? Yeah. Yes, all right. My number 77 is not a big heavy game, but it is a fun game, and that is Camel Up. And we have the original version and the Super Cup expansion, which lets us play it up to 10, which is pretty cool. Uh, I would probably never play it at that because you could play like three whole rounds before any, somebody could get a turn. But this is a racing game of sorts where you're betting on camels who's going to win the lap and who's going to win the race. That's the gist. And you're trying to um, place your bets carefully, correctly, to have the most money at the end of the game. The expansion adds a cool thing where you can take a picture of a camera a camel and if it goes past the camera you get some money um it has extra dice that you can throw in there to make the last place camel move a little more it's a great game super fun there's a new version out same game just different art whatever vibe you like um but yeah if you haven't played it check it out it's a ton of fun chaotic but i like it so number 77 camel up yeah it's it's good it's good um, my number 76 is a game I played for a while. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm not going to like this. But I, you know, it's really grown on me. Uh, and that is Smartphone Inc. I mean, it's, it's good, you know? Like, it's just, I, I don't like economic games. Which I think seems weird because I would definitely say this is like an economic game. Um, but there's just such interesting things happening because it's not like, oh, I'm just trying to like, I mean, yes, I am trying to price things, but I'm also like trying to get what I think people are like, get things that people are going to want in order to buy my smartphones. Um, you know, I want, yes, I, I want stuff that's like reasonably priced but i also want to make money too so that's a balancing act um deciding like how i'm gonna go about um getting the things i need where I'm gonna, am i gonna branch out into someone else's like market share you know how are they gonna feel about that what are they gonna do there's these goals you're also trying to get i mean just lots of really cool stuff happening in this game i mean i mean i and I think there's a lot of, I don't, I, mean, I don't want to say opportunity, but I, yes, opportunity in, um, 
where this game can go. I, some people don't like it. I don't, I don't know why some people don't like it. Because uh, it, for me, it takes what's really boring, dry economic stuff and puts it in a package that makes sense to me. I understand the want for cell phones, for different types of accessories, um, how that market looks differently in the world. So it just applies it in a way I think is really cool. And I think I don't know if there's like, I, I guess since I don't know economics very well or things like that, or even marketing, like maybe this has some educational aspect to it that it could be used in that way. But I just think it's fun. So my number 76, Smartphone Inc., yeah, I don't remember that. I always have a trouble remembering this one. So when I go to rank it, it just falls off the face of the mm. But yeah, I do remember playing it and I do remember liking it, but that's as far as I go. All right. So my number 76 is actually a game that I like more than everybody else, I think. But I think last time you played it, you really liked it. Mm-hmm. And that is Deep Blue. And this is a game from Days of Wonder. It's a push or luck game of sorts. Um, in this, you're... Uh, controlling these two different boats and you're visiting different shipwrecks and you're trying to collect artifacts, gems, crystals from this bag. And uh, over the course of all that, before you go on a dive, you're going to try to acquire a crew and the crew cards are going to help you in scoring those gems. Because when you go to a dive site, when you pull out a gem, if you have a character card in your hand that fires off with that gem it's going to score you extra points all the gems have their own value but if you have cards they may give you extra points and what you're trying to do is you're trying to just have the most money from digging or from acquiring these um jewels and treasures from the dive sites by the end of the game uh the game ends when these four special dive sites have been um excavated i don't know what the terms are but they've been explored and you've and once that happens, you finish the round, the game's over. It's super fun. Uh, the pulling stuff out of the bag is pretty tense because you can bust if you get too many sea creatures or you run out of oxygen. And if you don't have cards to fight that and you're the diver, you come up and you can't score any points. So it's rough. But I enjoy this game. It's super fun. It might be a little long, but outside of that, I really like it. So my number 76, Deep Blue. Yeah, I really love this game because um, I play it like a like a um, like a deck a pariah a deck builder no it's so good you're just mad because i did so well uh my number 75 is a game we alluded to and our games played and that is the no we didn't i've lost my mind uh this is yeah, i was like i don't think we talked about this, <laughs> this is a game we haven't talked about at all but i think we have because i'm a psycho uh <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing uh the game is the hunger. Let's just throw all the suspension out. Um, the game is the hunger. I think I was thinking abomination. I don't know. It's vampires, whatever. The last time I played this, I was like, Oh yeah, I like this. The time before I was like, Oh, this game is so great. Uh, but it has, it like really regained esteem for me. Um, you're vampires. You're going out, you're trying to get villagers, suck their blood. It's a deck building game so that your deck has your movement. Um, it also then contains the the mortars that you suck blood from. Some of them are a little spicy. You got to go towards water. Some of them are drunk so they you stumble around a little bit because they're blood alcohol level. Uh, you have to go out, go as far as you can, get as much stuff as you can, many points you can, come back to the castle before the night is over. Before this night is over. Sorry, just came to me recording this late i'm crazy it is really fun it has cute artwork it's got makes this lighthearted tone of vampires um i love a good deck builder this does it in a really unique way it it, the last time i played it i super enjoyed it um it's probably why it moved up this high to my number 75 the hunger yeah, I think the more I play this, the more I like it too. It's tight. I like how tight it is with the actions and all that stuff. Tight like a toy girl. Tight like a toy girl. My number 75 is um, an old and busted Euro game. Uh, hideous box. Not super great art and components, but it's a fun game. And it is Zularetto. Mm-hmm. And this is a game about... Uh, it's a, a tile drafting game of sorts, but... 
where you're trying to get different or types of animals in a certain pen in your zoo. Um, zebras can be with zebras. Um, monkeys can be with monkeys, all that kind of thing. But the way that it works is you're going to dra- draw a tile out of a bag and put it on one of these trucks, which is equal to the number of players. So if there's four players, there's four trucks. And then, or you're going to take a truck that has uh, however many tiles on it. Could have one tile, could have up to three. Once you take a truck, you're done for the round. And then you're going to take all those tiles from the truck and build them in your zoo. There could be like um, kiosks, like food court stuff. Um, but you're just trying to get animals into the pins to score points. You want the pins to be full. If you can't place an animal, you can put it in your barn. But every species of animal you have in your barn is worth negative points at the end of the game. Um, it's super fun. It's really simple. It's easy to teach. It's easy to play. We do have an expansion that we haven't played yet, which I would be interested to try because I'd probably like it even more. But as it is, by itself, Zuloretto is my number 75. I mean, who has never been like, you know what? If I had a zoo, this is what I would do. Joe Exotic thought that. Oh, my gosh. We're not talking about Joe Exotic. Um, (laughs) My number 74 is a hard to find game so i've heard um jason worked hard to wheel and deal for this one i believe and that is the lord of the rings the two towers deck building game i love deck builders i love the lord of the rings do you like this one better than the first one nope spoiler okay i don't i didn't realize you had them both on here i thought it was like a placeholder it is not a placeholder um the, they made a game for each of the movies, which that this uses the movie art, which I guess the movie art is actually definitely better than some of the book art renderings I've seen. Okay. Um, but the movies are not better than the books. I will lay that out now. Not the movies aren't great. So this has all the great stuff, all the great characters from the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, the deck building is like quality, man. There's like great interplay. You 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 have um, your own character that has a special player power and that can combine off different types of cards. Um, you've got locations that stand out in front of you with ongoing powers. I mean, there is a lot of like really cool stuff going on in this deck building. For the two towers, there's actually um, a, a separate side deck that's the wall. And so it's like at Helm's Deep. Um, they're trying to breach the wall. And so there are periodically times like the game is punishing to pretty much everyone. Um, but I think that's just an added element that makes it really good. Um, this is, yeah, I don't know, Ascension style. Is that what this is or no? Yeah, Ascension. Yeah. Okay, where you're like, you're fight, you you're gathering up enough points of some type to take out the big bads. And then the big bads like group ambush all of you and it sucks. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. I really have enjoyed this. Um, If you can get your hands on a copy, if you like deck building, quality deck builder right here. 74 Lord of the Rings, two towers, deck building game. And if you have the return of the the king one, hit me up because that's the one we need. We will make a trade. Yep. I got a couple kids that I can trade you. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, my number 74 is a little two-player game that Katie finally played. Or no, we played when we first got it, but we just recently played it again. Um, played second season. Yeah, we played some. Yeah, we played the second season. And it is called Lawyer Up. And the second season is just more cases. It's the same stuff, just more cases. And this is a two-player only game. I think in the second season there may be some way to do a co-op of more than two, but it's a two-player only game where someone has taken on the role of the prosecution and someone's taken on the role of the defense and you are trying a case. And depending on the case, it's going to determine how you're going to win. And the one we played, um, I was the defense and I had to figure out a murder weapon, a scene and a murderer before Katie could judge or get all of the jury in her favor. Or if by the end of the game, I had at least one juror in my favor, I would win. So you're doing that by playing cards in the center of the table, kind of like um, it's like a tug of war where you're going to there's a card in the center and you have to play an icon from a card in your hand that matches an icon that's on that card already. They may have some influence on there and whoever has the most influence wins that witness, which lets you sway the jury and all that kind of thing. There's a little more to it, but that's the gist of the game. It's really fun. It has a lot to set up. It takes a really long time to set up, which is kind of annoying, but 
once you get it set up, the gameplay is pretty fun. It's simple to play, actually, but I think it's engaging, and I really like it. So my number 74, Lawyer Up. Season 1 or Season 2, who cares? Just grab one. Yes, I did like it when we played again. I remember. It was good. Um, my number 70, 70, yeah, we're all the way. No, 70, what? S- 73. I thought I heard you just say my number 71. Maybe. If I said 71, my number 74 is Lawyer Up. How about that? You'll check out the replay. My number 73 is a crossover on this list. Because Jason asked if I like this game, and I do. I clearly didn't look any farther. <laughs> My number 73 is Deep Blue. Uh, Stays a Wonder game. It has cool components. Too. I don't know if Jason mentioned that. The components on it are cool. There's like this like diving bell. That's, it looks like a big gray tank. The artwork is cute. The gems are pretty. Um... Like, yes, you can go about this by exploring tiles and then and starting dives. Or you can play like me and I just get a crap ton of cards because they all can help you like bank on a dive. So instead of initiating dives myself, I'll just jump in on somebody else's dive because I'm just going to stay close. You've got two boats that kind of move around. I'm going to stay close and then I'll use all my cards on your dive. And I'll take all the gems for myself. I love it. It's fun. Uh, it's cool. It's got that push your luck aspect. It's got a cool theme. It's a good game. And Jason already talked about it. So number 73, Deep Blue. All right. So my number 73, I've played with real people twice. Katie was one. Mm-hmm. My friend Brandon was another. But I've played by myself two players like three times. And this is another one that every time I get it out, I have to relearn it because it's got a lot of stuff going on. But at its hardest to play a card, do some actions. And the game is Zhang Wo. I don't even know if that's how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. And this is a What's Your Game game. Um, there's been a new reprint from somebody else coming out. I, I don't know. But what you're doing in this is you're trying to unify China, mm-hmm. ultimately. Or it's after... When they're separate, you're trying to bring them back together. I don't know what the theme is, but the way this game works is you're trying to install governors, you're trying to build temples, and you're trying to build the Great Wall. And you're doing that by either playing a card onto the central board, which lets you, if you play it higher than the card is there, you can take certain actions. If you play it lower than the card is there, you take certain actions. Or you can tuck a card into your board, which is going to make it better when you do the actions from the main board. Based on what action you take, you're going to get extra bonuses by putting those cards there. Uh, you're going to be moving these little workers around from different sections of your board to keep the um, um, the, the the people getting mad because you're taxing them and you're making them mad. So you got to keep the unrest. Their their unrest down. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. You got to keep their unrest down by sending politicians there to slap them around. Um, but it's it's a really fun game. It's once you figure it out, it all makes sense how it works. But getting to that point, it's is a lot. So if it's not one that you play a lot, it's going to be one that you're going to have to relearn every single time. But it's worth it. I think it's really good. Um, so my number 73, Zhang Wu. Yeah, it's hard. It's been games that are hard. And again, games that, who boy, I keep thinking about, but I don't know that I understand. My number 72 is Clinic Deluxe Edition. I don't know that it matters. It's a deluxe edition, honestly. <laughs> I don't know if they're I think Is there a non deluxe I don't know. Maybe? That's yeah. just how you put it in the ranker and I just went with it. Um Well, there was a there was a first edition that was just called Clinic, but then when it got reprinted, every other like they were all deluxe. So I I don't know. Cuz it added the expansion, right? Like the initial expansion or whatever. Uh I have no idea. I don't remember. Um do this game is hard. So, when I talked about like who doesn't want to run a zoo? Lots of people don't want to run a hospital, but that's what you're doing. Uh, (laughs) And it's flipping hard because you're running all of the hospital. Like not only are you getting patients, you got to figure out how to get patients in period in and into the rooms. They need to see you have to have people staffed in the rooms. You have to have the rooms they need to go into and rooms they go into after that and ways to get out and like parking lot spaces. And I mean, it is. A lot. You want to just be like, hey, I just cleaned this up here. What's going on now? Why we got people backed up? Oh, we don't have that crap. But it's it's like, um, 
roller coaster tycoon but for hospitals yeah yeah that's because like you're doing you're managing all the stuff like roller coaster tycoon tycoon and then you turn away and like oh someone that got flung off this ride shoot we got to help them that's what clinic is like only it's a board game um there are like six expansions or something to this and a campaign yeah it's why for the love of god why like a campaign i'm like okay sure otherwise this game is so much (coughs) it's so brutal there's so much to think about um the planning ahead what do i need i can't let stuff get out of control who but that very aspect is what makes me be like okay i can do it better i can be more efficient how can i be more efficient what can I do instead? What what should I have there? Like that that just keeps me coming back, keeps me intrigued by this game, and that's why it's so high for being such a brutal game. So uh, my number seventy two, Clinic, Deluxe or not? Yeah, this is like not only is it hard, like it makes your head hurt afterwards. Yeah, like I don't mind like a Vital game. My head doesn't normally hurt, but this one is like. I've only played this a couple times, and I it, I always want to keep playing it. But then, like, do I really want to go with that headache again? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's rough. Um, so my number seventy two does not give me a headache, and it's a little bit easier to to understand. It is called Crusaders that will be done, and this is effectively a mandala mandala mancala style game, where you have these little you have this player board in front of you with these little like tokens in it, and you're picking up all the tokens from a, a section. That's the action that you're going to take, and then you're going to be distributing one around to spread them out to make other actions stronger. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to move the your like explorer or crusader, I guess crusader, hence the name, across this board to battle other people that are there. I don't know who they are. Who cares? Our tokens, and you're killing the tokens. You're getting some bonuses, some points, and then you're able to build one of your buildings in that location. There's a bunch of different types of buildings. Each of the buildings are going to do different things for you, unlock different bonuses. And you're just trying to get as many points as you can before the game is over. Um, it's really it's really fun. It's easy to play. It looks fantastic on the board. Nice components. Nice player board. And I love Mancala stuff. And that's kind of why this one's up here. Because the Mancala, it's all I think about. That's the one part that I remember more than everything else. But anyway, my number 72, Crusaders. That will be done. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I think the way you choose your actions is cool, but... I don't know if actually carrying them out. I like it as well. I, I need another go at this one. Uh, my number 71 and the last one for this episode, which is good because I feel like I've dissolved into madness and I'm starting to cough, is a card game. Uh, but this card game is actually a tableau builder of sorts. Uh, engine builder? Both? Yeah, probably both. Yeah, and that's It's a Wonderful World. Um this game, like, Jason infamously played it once and got, like, three points or something. And it was like, I hate this game. This game sucks. Blah, blah, blah. It was awful. And, it was the worst gaming experience of my life. Like, 100%. And then we played it again with, like, a lot. Like, the max player count, maybe. Like, seven or something in Origins once. And I got four points, but I wasn't mad about it. Um, just because I think you need to play this game once to see, like, what you need to do. Because you just don't know. So, you're... It, it's also a drafting game you're drafting these different buildings i guess yeah they're all buildings that you're trying to i don't think they're all buildings i didn't think i thought some of them were like maybe they are or or like technologies whatever they're cards you're trying to build yeah cards you're building um cards also generate resources to build other cards um and you're trying to just get points from said cards and things that you've built. But when you first start playing, you don't really know what to keep. You don't really know what to let go. Like, you don't know what's possible. So the more times I play this, the better this game gets. We also got an expansion. Have we played that yet? Yes. Uh, I played one by myself. It's like a campaign type deal. Um, that I would like to play because I do, I do like the game a lot. I like the way like you can have types of buildings that that will score you points and then you can you can like use them then again in a different way. Like I love that in-game scoring. I'm not so good at like the majority part that you're trying to get with the different types of resources, but 
Um, the other parts of the game just really intrigue me. Uh, it, it's I really think it's super fun. I really like. I, I don't love a lot of drafting games. I don't think. I guess if I thought about it, maybe I would surprise myself. But this one I think is really good. Um, so my number seventy one. It's a wonderful world. And my number seventy one, and the last one I'm going to talk about is a game that I've played. I don't know two or three times. I don't think you've ever played this one. Well, maybe you played it once. Yeah. Um, and this is Lewis and Clark: The Expedition, and this is effectively. Um, a game about Lewis and Clark. They're the ones who try to do the Northwest Passage, right? Yes. Yeah, so you're trying to With map Sacagawea. that out. And the, yeah, and Sacagawea. And you're, what you're trying to do here is you're... It's a worker placement game of sorts where you're going to be getting these... They call them Indians, but we'll call them Native Americans. You're going to be getting these uh, figures, and then you're going to be putting them down on the board. But the interesting thing is when you place them, they're now on the board for other people to take. So they're like a communal pile of workers, which is really cool. And the more you use, the stronger the action is. And then you're playing cards down in this tableau that's going to you know, produce goods. And eventually you're going to have to pick them back up. Some of your cards will fire off the icons of other players' cards. And you're trying to move down this path to get to the fort that they were trying to get to. And whoever gets there first, because it's a race. It's a really slow race, but it is a race. And whoever does that first is the winner. That's it. Some really cool mechanisms. I haven't played it for a minute, so I forget, but... Um, the card play is really interesting. The artist Vincent Dutrait, it looks great on the board. I love worker placement stuff, and I like the I like the games where whoever does something first is the winner. Katie's not huge into that, but nope. I like it. So that's why this one's up there for me. So my number seventy one, Lewis and Clark, the expedition. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a quick rundown again in case you. Got lost, fell asleep in the middle. I know I did. Of uh, my numbers, eighty-five to seventy-one. So I started with Scout, Seesaw on Paper, eighty-four, eighty-three, Maglev Metro, eighty-two, Mystery of the Abbey, eighty-one, Campy Creatures, eighty, Covert, seventy-nine, Jinja, seventy-eight, Dice Forge, seventy-seven, Lisboa, seventy-six, Smartphone Inc., seventy-five, The Hunger, seventy-four, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers deck building game. 73, Deep Blue, 72, Clinic, 71, It's a Wonderful World. All right, so my number 85 is Scout. My number 84 is Taverns of Tiefenthal. 83 is Trismegistus. 82, Port Royal. 81, Ra. 80 is Venice. 79 is Yido. 78 is Dark Tales. 77, Camel Up. 76, Deep Blue. 75, Zularetto. 74, Lawyer Up. 73, Zhang Wo, 72, Crusaders, and 71, Lewis and Clark, The Expedition. All right. Thank you. There are some of you that are playing along in our um, social medias saying, hey, here's my list, my top 100, my 100 outside the 100. I love to see this list. I love to see what you're playing. We're heading into the holidays. You get something new. You're able to drag some game out, games out with family. Um, I would love to hear about those experiences too. Um, and we just had our Nerdapalooza event not too long ago. So I'm sure we'll talk about that soon um, with our next podcast. When we're not coughing every five minutes. Correct. That is the hope. <laughs> if we're ever not coughing. Right. Like I'm always coughing. I know. Next time more Robitussin. Oh, wait. Is that trademarked? Are they going like, to come after us? No, it's who cares. We're not paid for by Robitussin. Um, yeah. More Tussin, more podcasts. Until then, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.